Welcome into the Friday, February 2, 2024 installment of Market Plus. Seeing his shadow today, Chris Robinson, or did you not see your shadow? Uh, I did not leave the house till <laughs> quite late <laughs> Till it was today. time to come here? That's right. Uh, you came here in a week where most of the things I've read in your newsletter this week were all, it was, you just made one motion. Everything was trending lower. Yeah. Is there something that you feel more confident about trending up sooner than later, any of the wheat, corn, beans? Well, I mean, soybeans probably, especially new crop, they're in a relatively good position. They've, you know, they're eight-month lows. They're not at three-year lows, uh, even though that's the spot month. New crop is at eight-month lows, but it's, again, it's not like corn at, you know, the contract lows. So, and, uh, and I was saying earlier that, you know, even with soybeans, you know, around $12 or a little bit less than $12, guys are still making money. The, the real key this year, I can remember between 2012 and 2017, everybody knew that we needed 430 corn, 430 corn. And a couple of years, we got there for literally about two days, and then we were gone. So we're going to find out what that number is, I think, uh, kind of retroactively this year. If we get to some level and you see a lot of, a lot of sell pressure come in, then, then you'll know what that lever is. So if that holds... That's the start. We got to hold that level first. Okay, hold and pry. We're going to get to a couple of things like that. Good job teasing that. You might be a future in television. You keep this up, Chris. Let's start with Eric in Ohio, and his question is about wheat. Do you see July wheat topping out by the end of the first quarter? End of the first quarter, I you know I don't know. Wheat has been in that downtrend, uh, severe drought downtrend, and every time we thought there was going to be something geopolitical or something that would turn the corner, here we go. Uh, it's every time we've had that rally. And it's, it's odd, I don't know why it is, but there's a trend line that you can go back and look. And when there's no story out there with a supply and demand, we start trading the charts. Let me make a story up for you. We, I, we were talking about snow cover earlier. That was the story a couple of weeks ago was the cold, the freeze, the, mm -hmm. the, the freezing of this crop. Let's just say Sean Hackett's right. And there's a big cold snap coming at the end of February. You're gonna go about six weeks five weeks of that stuff turning the switch on and starting to grow and say we get that cold snap. Is that a scenario that you could see helping wheat? Oh, absolutely, because you need some damage to the supply to turn this story around. And, um, you know, I, I'd watch July Chicago because there's, there's other wheat to talk about. Let's just focus on July 24. 620, 625, that's a huge level. And then when it comes down to the support, $6, 593, if that holds... You know, we'll be all right, but you can't you start, can't start turning turning about the turn till it actually happens. So we've had multiple times where we've tried to get above 620 and we failed. I think if we can settle above 620, 625 on a weekly basis, then these funds that are short, they will trust me. They they want to make money. They will get long tomorrow if they think that's the way to be. So as you said, though they they look for headlines. Yes, they see headlines for an opportunity therein. Yes. All right. So let's see what's in for corn. Uh, this is Jared in Minnesota. He's taking the positive approach. What's the best case for Dee's corn in 24? I think we get back up to 525, 530. That's a gift. Um, that October blip, that's the first hurdle. Um, you know, something around 550, I think, would be um, very, very, very uh, positive. And that's, it's, it's a possibility. Everything has to fall into place with the weather. We have to get some more demand from China um, for our corn. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's always darkest before the, the, the dawn, is what they say, so we'll see. 
You always say you can't, nobody predicts the top, but can anybody predict the bottom? No. Most farmers think they always sell no. at the bottom, mind you. No. I, I, you know, also, too, predicting the bottom, what if we go into a sideways trading? You know, I keep going back to 20, like 13 to 17. We were in a 50 cent range in corn, 75 cent range in corn for a long time where we couldn't get above 40. Uh, excuse me, 4.30, and we couldn't get below around 3.60, 3.50. So that may be, in fact, that would probably be the worst case scenario for everybody because the, the rallies are short-lived. Just when you think maybe I should wait and not do something, then they're gone. And it's, it can be sideways trade is very, very difficult to handle. So I'm, I'm not uh, extremely bearish. I'm not extremely bullish either. We need to get through this, the next three months and it's been a long time. I can't remember the time we haven't had some sort of weather issue between now and the middle of March, middle of April, when guys are starting to get ready to get out there and start planning. Uh, we'll see. Because with, every, with the boat leaning so heavily, right, the charts are all negative, the professional traders are all negative, all it takes is something, and all of a sudden everybody's the wrong way, and you could get a rally. So my point is for Dees Corn, if we get to 525, if we get to 550, don't start dreaming of corn at $8. Take advantage of that if we get there and make some sales. You can always reown it after the sale, but try and make a good cash sale. We'll stick with the boat metaphor. That ship has sailed. Probably. Okay. All right. Let's go into another corn question. This one's about the old crop here, uh, Chris. We are, this is Roger in Indiana. He has a couple coming up here on X. We are five months into the marketing year. Farmers have record amounts of corn stored on the farm. Will end users have to bid to pry this loose? Yeah, somebody will have to, and I, we'll, we'll see what happens. If, if there's any, again, any supply uh, disruption, if we see, uh, start seeing weather issues, but with the, you know, with the type of carryout that we have, you know, like I said, it's, things are very, very negative now. It's hard to, got, to get, not to get super negative when we're down you know, at these levels. But yes, if there's a reason for the end users to come for it, they will come for it. Uh, because, you know, and I don't think they're going to have to knock on the door very hard. If we get a little bit of a blip, I think you'll see some guys will say, you know what, we should probably do some marketing if we get a rally. And maybe they're going to look at this. Uh, given that economic report about the jobs report, there was already discussion that interest rates now might not hold, but they might have to go up higher to cool. They're saying inflation is back. That's going to tie into this question. Here's Roger's second question, Chris. 440 corn today would equal 119 and 1980. Shouldn't corn buyers be scooping this bargain up? If not, what's it going to take? And I tie that into inflation because of just what happened since Roger wrote this question with today's news. Uh -huh. Well, remember 2020. I mean, we went from 350 corn or three uh, new these corn, these 24 corn traded 395 and went up to, you know, seven something. So it's possible. And again, it doesn't when when Everything is leaning so towards the other way, it doesn't take a whole lot to start the fire the other way. So when it comes, um, you know, it could be powerful. And that's the one thing that we've lost. That the 2020 to 2022, oh, it was inflation. You had to own commodities. That was a tailwind. Everybody wanted to own commodities. That all went away. And we'll see. Maybe people got, uh, you know, over their skis uh, thinking that the Fed was going to cut seven times. You know what I mean? So, again, if if. If you're looking for a positive outcome for inflation, if inflation comes back, that would be supportive for commodities. I know it's, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword because everything else is expensive, but if we do get inflation back, that would be something because, again, not only you have, you have outside interest where the financial community wants, suddenly wanted to own commodities, 
that would be a, a, a bullish turn. One last question, and it's from our friend Phil in Dresden, Ontario. Hello, Phil. Phil. Uh, he wants to know, with the agricultural commodity complex bearish as we go into February, where will the bullish grain marketing opportunities come from moving into spring, or are we in for the bearish long haul? Yeah, I... Well, I could tell you in three months, right? That's that's the whole thing. I know he wants to know now. Yeah, so do I. Um, I would say this: now's not the time to get overly bearish when we're at three-year lows. Um, I, I would protect what you can, and hope that you, if you get a rally. Now, the question is, if and when we get a rally. In general, we'll get a rally. I can't imagine a year where we don't get some sort of June, July issue. You've got to be willing to to make some moves when we have those rallies. If if 2023 taught you nothing. That, that last little trip, especially just take corn, where we went from 490 to 630 and everybody froze. That, if we get another rally like that, you've got to uh, take advantage of it. So if you learn nothing from 2023 for 2024, if we get another rally like that, let them have it. So I guess I'll ask it this way. Do we anticipate in 24 the rallies are going to look more like this week? or what they have looked like in the past, in the ten, and I'm talking the length of them. I, I wasn't really joking when I said that was up for about four hours this week. Right. We've had prolonged rallies. Do you see those days kind of in the rear view for right now? As long as we have this huge carryout, yes. You know, that's one thing. We've got to chew through that carryout. The USDA is going to have to revise some numbers. I mean, we've got another report next week. They're having, uh, on, in the middle of February. You know, it's going to take something like that where they're like, oh, look, we missed this. We missed that. That could turn it around. But, um, again, I think the number one problem with corn is the carryout. There's no getting around that. That carryout is, is uh, burdensome. And until they're selling, you're saying. Right, right. And then what's a farmer going to do? Are they going to plant less acres? No. They're going to try and yield their way out of it. So that's, it's a, that's the, that's the catch-22 because guys are going to plant their feet and say, you know what, I'm just going to grow more. I'm going to have, you know, have a bigger yield. And, um, yeah, so we're in that situation where we're right on that teeter point. So we have uh, a WASD next week. We have uh, the USD Outlook Forum, and then we have another. We have planning intentions all coming up in the yes. next six weeks. Any of those three that need to be? Planning intentions. Week? March 31st, if you hedge nothing, there's two reports you need to hedge. The January report, which you just went through, and then you see the aftermath of that. Then the March 31st planning intention, because, you know, we, we were just sitting there talking about it during the break. <laughs> Is there going to be any acres that are going to move towards beans versus corn? I, I don't know. But if, they, if there is that move, that could reprice the grains. So March 31st is going to be a big report. And that is going to be the big time ending to this program. Chris Robinson, thank you so much. Good to see you again. Yep, good to see you. All right, that is our Market Plus. Next week on the TV show, we are going to look at having that tough talk about farm transitions. We'll also have the commodity mark analysis with Ted Seifried. Thank you for joining us. Have a great week.